that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people and I've played some too. And there's one thing I know, people like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all making this evening? Uh, thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast podcast while I'm talking out my ass with Sheriff Joe Lepinto. We're going to talk about a couple of things. So one of them he is the uh, tax collector. So we'll talk about uh, tax issues that are out there. We'll also talk about uh, how safe are you and whether or not you should uh, purchase some means of protecting yourself. Anyway, Joe Lepinto here on the Spudcast Podcast right after this. Spud here. On Friday, two friends told me they had COVID. Monday evening, I started feeling punky. Tuesday morning at 6.30, I was at Rapid Urgent Care getting tested, and by 7 o'clock, I was quarantined. Don't fool around. If you have any symptoms, let the professionals at Rapid Urgent Care diagnose your condition. They've got you covered with eight clinics from Baton Rouge to Bogalusa, from Metairie to Mandeville. You can even visit a doctor online. Mask up and get yourself and your loved ones tested at Rapid Urgent Care. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find the clinic nearest you. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, and that means hurricanes and heat. So how are you going to handle it this year? How out with a brand new whole house generator and an upgraded AC system from Serentine Refrigeration. My power went out during Hurricane Zeta for 10 whole seconds. Then my Serentine service generator kicked in. We were even able to run extension cords to the neighbor. And Serentine will keep your AC running smooth and cool even in the dead of August. Call Serentine today, 504-833-8831. 833-8831, tell them Spud sent you. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee, and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake, or you name it, Parish coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market. Or order it online. Have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. Okay, so we're talking to Sheriff Joe Lepinto, who's, uh, who's, uh, how do I say this? I don't envy you your gig, Joe. I don't know why you asked people to give you this gig for crying out loud. I mean... You know, sometimes you're in the right place or the wrong place at the right time, right? You know, and that, that's kind of how it happened to me. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, look, I'm proud to be a sheriff. But on the other standpoint, I've had I've had better jobs. There's no doubt about it. You know, there's, there's certain things that you just have to do and got to understand the position that I'm in. And, uh, you know, I've got to make decisions on what's best for Jefferson Parish as a whole. But you're right. Sometimes it's not easy. Well, let me ask you this then. What is the absolute thing... Like, I'm not going to get into the details, and I don't expect you to either, but when I called you this morning, we're trying to figure out when we're going to time this this interview, and you said, I got to go the, the, to the hospital because one of my deputies is ill. It may be a heart attack. I don't know what. I would imagine that getting a phone call about, um, you know, one of your deputies being hurt or worse, or I guess on the same level as a, a citizen of Jefferson Parish being hurt, What's what is the call more than anything else you want to go? This is the suckiest part of being the sheriff of Jefferson Parish. 
Well, you know, look, luckily I have not had to deal with it. We have lost, uh, you know, deputies in the line of duty in the past. Department, some friends of mine, people I've known. Uh, you know, as sheriff, I have not had to have that call, although I've had uh, deputies that have been shot and I've had, uh, obviously, uh, officer-involved shootings themselves, which are, are never fun because you have to deal with the aftermath. But the, the reality is, is most of my job, uh, you know, is personnel issues, it's administrative issues. You know, very little of what I do it revolves around crime. You know, we've got 1,400 employees that are answering calls for service and, and handling those types of calls uh, on a, on a 24-hour basis, right? And, you know, my job isn't to necessarily know about those 300,000 calls for service a year. Uh, I only hear about a very small, you know, part of them. Uh, but, you know, my, my calls are you know, when the bad stuff happens. You know, that's when my phone's going to ring. Um, you know, sometimes it's good stuff for us and sometimes it's bad stuff. But, uh, you know, it's just managing uh, the everyday uh, issues. You know, no matter what, when I pull up to my office, I'm going to have a stock, stack of paperwork, uh, whether it's contracts and, um, you know, it doesn't make a difference. Employee agreements, you know, applications, you name it, they come across my desk, right? Yeah. And I'm going to have that stack there every single day. Uh, the, the, you know, the crime, the theft of the burglary in the neighborhood is normally not going to make it to my phone. You know, I may make it make an email the next day and I get to read about it. Uh, but, but I'm not going to be called immediately because we caught a burglar, um, you know, on, Tuesday afternoon, uh, I may read about it the next day, but that's a, that's about it. So it's just it, it's a never-ending job, right? You just mm-hmm. never know what the next phone call is going to be and what the next problem is, and you just have to manage your time in order to make sure uh, you can get through it all. And and some of those phone calls come at two in the morning after you hadn't even gone to bed until midnight or twelve thirty, and you know, you know, and I, t- I tell I tell people this: the two o'clock in the morning phone calls don't bother me as much, but and, and you know, I am. 44 years old, I've got two 10-year-old twins, right? Uh, it's more difficult for me to get a 6 o'clock in the afternoon phone call. Uh, then I'm juggling, okay, who's getting my daughter to volleyball? Who's getting my son to lacrosse? Uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning, my wife and kids are sleeping. I can slip out of bed. I can throw some clothes on, go run out to a scene, uh, be back in my bed at 4 o'clock in the morning, and they didn't even know I was missing. Yeah. Uh, so the 2 o'clock in the phone, you know, phone calls don't actually bother me as much as the, the ones in the afternoon because you're trying to you know, juggle things around. I mean, think about it. My, my normal day is filled with appointment after appointment after appointment. So if you call and I have an emergency at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, now I have to juggle appointments around yeah. and then reschedule and do all the rest of it. So, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, look at the bright side of things. Well, that's just it. You and I have been trying to schedule this interview for, I don't know, the last time we had it actually scheduled, you had to call me up and go, I'm sorry, I got a murder, so I have to postpone this. <laughs> So yeah, right. we've been we've been six six weeks just trying to get this thirty minute conversation in the, in the works. Um, let's so let's talk about the two things I texted you about. The, number one, and this is in Orleans Parish, but you know, yeah, you don't deal with the with the, the the smaller level crimes unless it's a murder or a serious shooting or something like that. There's a lady in New Orleans that they've had these these carjackings a lot a big rash of them, especially people like filling their car with gas and it's like you leave your keys in the car i lock my car when i'm filling my car with gas i don't understand i live in jefferson parish but as a woman who who in a news story i think on channel four i was reading it talking about she never felt the need to have a gun and now she does now she feels like she has to protect herself so the two questions i got for you as a sheriff is this number one um 
What do you tell somebody like that who's never even wanted to own a gun, never owned a gun before, but now they feel the need to go get one? And the second thing is, do you have enough deputies? And if you had half again as many deputies, would people not have those feelings here in Jefferson Parish? So let's start with with, uh, with somebody who's never had a gun getting a gun. Well, you got to figure out what your comfort level is. Let's face it. We hear about crime more than ever today, right? And so I can look at the numbers and I can say, look, y'all, we have less murders today than we had 20 years ago. We did, right? I mean, I, I know what the numbers are. We have less burglaries today than we did 20 years ago. Now, that doesn't mean that's the perception, right? Perception, yeah. because of social media, you know, we hear about so much more than we've ever heard of before. Because... Uh, you know, the advocate is not putting on their news story, we had 10 burglaries last night. They're not. But social media is putting it on there. And so you didn't hear about those burglaries 20 years ago. Now you're hearing about them on a daily basis. But is that a bad thing, though? Because how, No, that... it's not. Right? Because from our sake, that gives us a lot more information to catch people. Right? Um, so from our sake, if you're expecting the system to work, we do a better job of catching people. But I will say there's a segment of society that you know goes back to the what was it men of honor right you can't handle the truth mm-hmm. you know and and so they are hearing about the crime on a regular basis and it's scaring them you know the crime's getting out of control i need to have a gun well look although carjackings have increased a hundred percent in orleans parish or whatever the number is i'm making it up right now that that your still ability of getting carjacked Think about how many hundreds of thousands of cars drive through the city and walls on an everyday basis, right? Yeah. The chance of you getting carjacked is still very, very, very slim. Even though, have they increased by 100%? Yes, they have. But but that doesn't necessarily mean your chances of being carjacked on a daily basis is something that's realistic. I got you. So if you're going to have a gun, you got to understand how to use it and what happens, right? This isn't the movies. Just because you own a gun doesn't mean that you're going to have the drop on somebody, right? If somebody's got a gun in your face, I'm telling you, the best move is not to draw your gun out of your purse and try to get in a firefighter. Their reaction is always going to be you trying to draw that gun. That's that that's going to happen, right? Yeah. And so what people's thought is, well, I have a gun, so that means I'm protected. Having a gun and being able to use that gun in the right situation doesn't mean that you are going to be able to hit them in the right place that which is just going to drop them most people that get shot don't die no but i would i would prefer not to get shot and go through all the nonsense that goes with it and that's something i've had but but that's what i'm telling from a person that's never owned a gun before what what is your what is your reality of what you believe is going to happen right because i because i own a gun doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be able to prevent that carjacker. Look, I carry a gun on my side every day, but if I'm sitting here in my truck like I am right now and someone literally put, runs up to the side of my window with a gun to the head, I don't have the ability to draw to be able to you know, get a shot, to be able to do certain things. And that's me being as a trained policeman, right? And so you know, there is perception versus reality, right? So, so it depends on what type of training you're going to do. What kind of, you know, look, let's face it. You've got people that are more trained with their hands and feet through martial arts uh, than, than can do a lot more things, you know, defending themselves on a regular basis. So just owning the gun and putting it in your purse doesn't make you any more protected. Mm-hmm. What it did is it gave, it gave another piece of property for that thief to actually steal, right? And so, you, you know, I don't, I don't discourage it. Uh, because I do believe that some people 
um, you know, take it seriously if they're going to carry a gun and, and, and are on a little bit more guard. Uh, but just to encourage people, go buy a gun, go buy a gun, go buy a gun. No, but um, go buy a gun and get a lot of training because that right, right. it's a tool that has a lot of responsibility with it. No doubt, no doubt. And it's something that, uh, you know, obviously all of my deputies carry guns on an everyday basis, but also send them through a lot of training to be able to carry that gun, you know, because you need to know when's a good time to use it and when's a good time to not because even if you have a gun, all you've done is brought it to the fight. You know, just because you have it right now doesn't mean it can't be taken by that same perpetrator. All right, let me and now that perpetrator has a gun. Let me let me get to this part of it. Um, okay, so yeah, absolutely, I agree. It, it, you have the right to keep and bear arms, but that with like with every right comes responsibility to go with it. So if you're going to have one, you need to know what it is. You need to don't just go buy a big Glock. What what kind of gun do you need? Can you handle a nine? Can you handle a three fifty seven? But also, what kind of training you're going to get, and what what do you need to know? Like you said, in that situation, this state is an open carry state, and there's a law being proposed right now about doing away with having to get a carry permit. Because I was I was interviewing a state rep, and uh, he's got a couple of bills, and he's he's uh, co-authoring a couple of bills, and one of them would be they just refer to uh, a concealed carry thing as uh, as the coat tax that you're basically paying somebody a fee and taking a class to put a coat over your gun that you can openly carry on your belt. Um, I'm out of time for this segment, but when we come back, we'll pick it up here. And I also want to talk about that tax thing, that speech you made at the East Jefferson Business Association. I want to hit that one too. But uh, we're talking talking to Sheriff Joe Lapinto here on the Spike Ass Podcast, talking about my ask. We'll be right back after this. Hey, guess what? The pandemic's finally winding down. Looks like you might get to go on a little vacay, but where are you going to go? I got an idea. Go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured fishing guide at lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. At lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos of all the happy fishermen and women and kids. And don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. Bud here. Do your breakers keep breaking? Do you see a spark when you plug in your hair dryer? If you do, I want you to remember one thing. 9473392. That's Eugene Lawrence's number at E1 Electric. Let's face it, you don't know nothing about electricity, but Eugene does. A licensed and insured electrical contractor, over 25 years experience, him and his crew can do anything for you, from hanging a ceiling fan to rewiring an apartment complex. So before you hear this, you better hear this. Thanks for calling E1 Electric. How can we help you? E1 Electric, 504-947-3392. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? Scratch-resistant lenses, dustbusters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps, the list just keeps on growing, and it needs to keep on growing, because the next generation of space exploration has arrived and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. And we're back talking to Sheriff Joe Lapinto, the Sheriff of Jefferson Parish, um, and we're talking, about, we're talking about your own personal safety and whether or not you can carry a gun. And this state is, and I've had this conversation with sheriffs, with your deputies, standing there pumping gas and going, if I, if I, had, a, if I had my magnum on my hip, you know, uh, what would you do? He went, nothing. It's an open carry state. You can do whatever you want to. So now they got this law out there about, uh, well, being proposed that would do away 
with having to have a concealed carry permit. Uh, I asked the I asked the, the rep who's pushing one of the reps pushing it what kind of uh, what kind of support or backlash was he getting from sheriffs and he said so far neither. So I'm going to dump no, it in your lap. So from the sheriff's, the sheriff's association, we actually took a, the position to have no position, right? Um, you know, it's it's a it's one of those things that I don't necessarily believe it's my job as sheriff to make that determination. Um, but I can see both sides of it. I agree with I agree with some of them that want to claim that look, this is your right shouldn't be taken away. It's a constitutional right for you to be able to carry, and whether it's concealed or not concealed, we shouldn't take that. I, I am realistic to know that with that becomes problems, right? Um, let's face it. We just had a gun store shooting just a couple of weeks ago, yeah. right? And I have two concealed carry weapon um, holder. Well, actually, I had several. I had uh, two people that were killed, but then I had probably eight different shooters, several of them with shots of suspect, right? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you they're glad they, they had training, right? when they're going to be sitting there talking to deputies because of the actions that they had to take, when they're going to have to talk to attorneys and judges and later on, you know, different situations, they are going to be happy that they had the training that they had to be able to justify that the actions that they took on that day uh, were justified, right? Just because you have the right to carry something doesn't necessarily mean the training that comes with it uh, is, is not good. Right. And, and so, um, you know, it's easy for somebody that's never been in a shooting before and never had to defend a lawsuit to say, yeah, it's my constitutional right. I don't need anything. I'm not paying anything to the government to, to do this, right? On the opposite end, when you have to actually do it, there's nobody standing behind you to say, okay, yeah, you did a good job. You know, you're on your own at this point in time, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, there there is good and bad with each one of those provisions. Uh, I've been in the legislature. That's something. Look, that's something that that has been filed numerous times before in the past. Uh, I, I see both sides of the argument, and and I, that doesn't mean that either side is wrong. Uh, but I believe that you know, in my experiences of, of being an attorney and representing police officers that are shooting, obviously now being the sheriff, um, that have to look at individuals that have been in shootouts that don't have law enforcement protections um the ability for them to articulate the the circumstances that they went through in order to fire a gun uh, it's great for them to go through some sort of training so that way they can communicate that right yeah and so um it, it's really more of a protection for the people that are carrying it um uh, but you'll have people that say well that, that's my that's my responsibility yeah great okay that's your responsibility but that doesn't mean mean that it's it's best for everyone uh to make that happen and and whether or not we should have government uh tell you to do it or not is one thing but i don't necessarily believe people looking 10 steps down the road uh they're looking at the first step and, yeah. and you know, they're, they're hurting themselves for that 10-step, but they're allowed to use it. Yeah. All right. That pretty much covers it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with all them responses. Let's get to the taxes thing, that speech you made at that uh, luncheon. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize, I mean, if you stopped and thought about it, you would realize that the sheriff is a tax collector. And uh, your comment about administrative duties really touched on that. You collect the taxes you don't you don't levy the taxes but you do collect them and there's a bunch of laws about uh, being always being proposed about raising or lowering or, cl- or how they're collected that kind of such give me a give me a basis on some of the stuff that's being considered right now that you think is good and bad well every 
local county parish in this country has a local tax collector, right? I happen to be the one for Jefferson Parish. And and they'll always have business that wants to try to consolidate certain things for their ease, right? And, and in our state, we have a local sales tax provision because our local property taxes are very, very low in our state. So we allow for locals to assess their own sales tax. And because of our global economy, that's got to change some things, right? Now we're collecting sales tax from all around the country for people that are shipping items, and we've got to just be on top of it. Uh, we've come to come to an agreement with Lobby uh, and some of the business groups of, of trying to, to get to a little bit better place. Uh, but it's something that we always got to watch for, right? I mean, let's face it. If, if, if the federal government decided, look, I want to be able to be the sole tax collector for the entire country, and we're going to distribute it down to the states and the cities, uh, we would be screaming at them for states' rights. Tough luck. That's not going to happen, right? The, mm-hmm. the government, federal government, you collect your taxes. State's going to collect states, and locals going to collect locals. And and so the fight is uh, pretty often is business would like the state to be the sole collector because let's face it, they're going to get less. Um, although it may be more convenient, they're going to have less scrutiny over the taxes that are being paid. Nobody likes to pay taxes. I don't like to pay taxes. Nobody likes to pay taxes, right? But but the services that are provided by government, you know, the, the roads that we have in Jefferson Parish, yeah. the police force that we have in Jefferson Parish, are provided by that. And so what I don't want to do is I don't want you to be paid the same taxes, have less services, and which forces me to ask you for more of your tax dollars because we're doing a, a lesser job of collecting it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you are always going to have people that are going to trying to get that tax burden down and if you put it into a, a pot of uh of people in the state that have less incentive to collect uh it forces the local governments to have to raise the percentages more which means the honest person is going to be paying more yeah the dishonest person is going to pay less right yeah. and so it's it's finding that balance um that is convenient you know for both um, but also making sure that I'm doing a good job as the as the collector for the school boards and for the parish and for the fire departments and yeah. for all the different municipalities that get uh, portions of uh, taxes. Well, I, you know, I've, I've had I can look forward. I've had conversations about that too. Uh, like, for instance, okay, the homestead exemption, like you brought up. I had a conversation about this once several years ago on the radio, and my point of it was, you know, don't raise the the. They wanted to raise it to 150000 Don't do that. What you need to do is everybody pays on the first $10,000 of their property. Then you got the next 75000 which would, you know, go to eighty five. Then that is homestead exemption. And then above that, you start paying taxes again. And I had a guy call up and goes, I don't want to start paying taxes. You to pay less. I'm going, dude, I ain't going to pay less. I'm right. going to, you're going to, it's just that you're finally going to pay something. I've been paying for everything and you're, you own property, but you're not paying on any of it because your thing's worth less than son of, you know, 75,000. So, I mean, that I think would bring in a, a big deal and would also even, account, even out the kitty across the board because people who owned property would all be paying something. Yeah. And, and look, I, I like our system in Louisiana. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong, right? Uh, with, with local government having two different pots of money to rely on, um, it, property taxes is kind of like our bonds, right? They're very steady. They increase maybe 2% a year, and, and but they're, they're consistent and steady. Where the stocks are our sales taxes, 
they go up and down with the economy, right? Economy goes up, our sales tax goes up. Economy goes down, it goes down, right? And so when we have emergency situations like in Katrina, we know that there's going to be a sales tax jump at the end of that, right? Because you're going to have insurance money that's going to be feathered down here, and we'll be able to have more sales tax going through. And so it gives local government a better predicting measure for, for funding, which doesn't require us to raise our millage rates every single year, right? you know, in order to try to make up the balance. Uh, having the, the, the local sales tax and the property tax uh, really is a good measure, although it's not done like that in a lot of places. You know, I mean, we know that if we go to Texas, we're going to pay a lot, le- a lot more in property taxes. You know, you're yeah. going to pay a lot of property taxes. But they, tax, don't, right? but they gonna, don't have they don't have income tax, do they? Nor Mississippi's you know, moving right, that right. rate. Yeah, and, and so so it, it's it's one of those situations where you know, look, even even our income tax rate, you know, our income tax rate in Louisiana is six percent. You know, if you make it over fifty thousand. But when you look at your deductibility credits, you're truly paying about three percent. But if you look at a chart, we show that we start paying six percent. Now your 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 rate is actually not six percent once you make your deductions. You know, there's always been talk about that. Get rid of all the deductions, all, all the exemptions that we have in Louisiana and lower the rate for everybody. Uh, unfortunately, you have people that are paying zero, you know, and so they don't want to pay 2%, they're going to pay 0%. But that's causing other people to have to pay 4%. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a disaster that, you know, I, I wish we could had an easy solution for uh you know in my my opinion i wish you'd get rid of all the exemptions all the deductions lower the rate down to what it is i'm not looking for extra money i'm just looking for consistency make it easy take the ability of me being able to have the audit and have to audit every single widget away right i mean you go to a grocery store you've got different tax rates on every single item that's in there and they got to figure out you know if you're buying a case of coke you don't pay taxes if you're buying a coca-cola out of the vending machine you don't pay but if you're buying the individual one you do have to pay you know what i mean it's just it doesn't make any sense no right? it doesn't and 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 so um you know but again uh, those exemptions have been put in place over the last 50 years, well before my time, and I've got to live with the rules that are in place. And and so they're trying to make rules to change something, but of course, it has an adverse effect on everything else that we have done, whether it's be right or wrong. And, and I've got to make sure that we can pay the bills at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I got a, a million more questions, but I ain't got any more time. Joe Lapinto, thanks for taking the time. I'm uh, I'm hoping your deputy's doing better, and I hope you never get another call like that. So, Appreciate it, Spud. Yeah. Joe LaPinto, wrapping up the Spudcast right after this. Does the sound of thunder strike fear in your home? There's only one sure way to fix a flooding problem, home team elevation. End the worry, stop insurance rate hikes, get your flooding problem fixed now with the home team advantage. Experienced, hands-on, local owners. You want design choices? On the home team, you're the MVP, so don't wait, elevate with home team elevation because the flood stops here. Get your free quote at 3011222, or go to hometeamelevation.com. Getting older and feeling your age? The sad truth is, guys, you don't have to be getting up in age to lose that pep in your step. Sometimes you just need a little kickstart to get the juices flowing. So don't sit around and mope. Go to the Mope Clinic. At the Men's Optimal Performance Enhancement Clinic, Chris Rue will do more than just fling a blue pill at you and send you to the gym. The proper testing and diagnosis will put you on the path to being your old self again. Or better yet, your new self again. Go to the Mope Clinic. MopeClinic.com. M-O-P-E Clinic.com to start your journey to a better, stronger, healthier, you. 
Spud here. You know, the last couple of years, I got to be buddies with attorney Mike Brandner. The guy Gambit readers have voted the state's best lawyer two years running. Yeah, he, he's been on that super lawyers list longer than I can remember. But you don't make it number one on those lists because you have witty commercials. You make it because you treat your clients like they're number one. And that's what Mike Brander does. His clients are like his friends. He helps them through the tough times until he can get them a big check from the big insurance companies. So if you're in a wreck, get the big guy in your corner. Get Mike Brander, 345-1111. Okay, so uh, Joe Lapinto. That was an interesting conversation. Uh, we, and we're going to talk to somebody else, too, about carry permits and such, since we spoke with uh, state rep uh, Larry Freeman, talking about possibility of doing away with the carry permits. I think I'm going to get somebody on who will talk about maybe why it is a good idea. But in the meantime, thanks for joining me. You can find this podcast on Red Circle, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Public Radio, Stitcher, and on Twitter at SpudGotThat. And on my Facebook page is Spud's Friends and Fans, John McConnell, and The Big Teasy. If you like the Spudcast, uh, email directly to you. Or if you'd like to sponsor the Spudcast, which could always use another sponsor, contact me at thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow night. Till then, watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.